This is Tales of Swordfall. Episode 6, Silk and Madness. Beautiful. I am going to uh, pull him, like, go and get him like retriever style out of the water in my mouth and pull him back onto shore as soon as I get him. And I'm just going to like kind of tie him to my belt and kind of pull him off shore. And I'm going to start working on something that I will reveal later. So as you come back onto the shore, um, you just hear someone clapping. Okay. Um, honestly, Flea would probably just try to keep walking so this person doesn't interfere with their his routine. Yeah. Oh no, they're totally gonna interfere. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's some good shooting you have there. Thanks. Some might call me a sharpshooter. Yeah. Well, hitting those little birds. I mean, uh, no easy feat. What, what, what you planning? Are, are you going to eat them? What's it to you? I might eat them. I might use them to make things. And uh, there is a halfling just kind of following you. Well, you know. Um, hmm. Hey, you can sell me the meat if you want. I can totally use use it. How much will you give me? Hmm. I'll give you the meat of all of these. I don't need the meat. Yeah, well, it looks like you have a dozen. He tries to count them. Mm-hmm. Um, how does five gold sound? That's fine with me. I don't really understand money, so. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I could use someone like you, though. Really, I mean, uh, uh, still the negotiation for the you know birds and the money. We'll still keep that, but um, you do this all the time, right? The bow thing with the killing. Well, most days, yeah. I mean, yesterday didn't go great, but it was an off day. But sometimes I'm better. Uh, I don't know how to ask you this, but do you kill? Uh, you know, bigger things like, uh, <laughs> people. Oh, yeah, I've eaten people before, like a whole person. Oh, no, not, oh, yeah. not eat, just, you know, shoot with your bow and kill them. Oh, yeah, I can do that, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've done that. Do you do it for money? Uh, sure, you'll have to talk to my manager, though. He's a big, angry blue guy. You'll probably find him. And then I have another one. She's like a kitty. She's really nice. Having a rough day, though. Uh Oh, oh you're with other people. Are you a mercenary group? Well, I mean, we've only been hanging out for like a day, some of us. But uh, I, I guess we're kind of looking for something to do. I, I really hurt my friend's feelings earlier. So if I brought back like some information or some money, that might help. That might make him happy. Oh, information on what? 
Nah, just like the city and like, what's your name? I don't even know you. And Flea like kind of realizes that he's doing the whole talking to strangers thing again. <laughs> yeah, and he's, you know, being nice. He's not like going, oh my god, where are you? You know, yeah. type of deal. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, my friends call me Jackal. Oh, that's a nice name. I'm Flea. Oh, we both have animal names. That's funny. I could probably be like a flea on a jackal. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. I think he'd crush me. Oh yeah. Huh. Hey. I don't think I don't think fleas have jackals. He like blinks his eyes and he's like Huh. Anyways. I if your friends are cool with this whole like um assassination thing, I mean I'll I'll be glad to help. I mean, everybody needs a guide to the city, especially a big one like this. That's true, and honestly, you seem pretty trustworthy. Uh, I could probably take you to him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's no problem. I mean, uh, does this big guy what what does he do? Like, what kind of stuff? Oh, he makes food. And he, like, manages my, my assassin career. And I'm, I'm just straight up lying now. <laughs> Alright, give me, give me a deception. Uh, here we go. <laughs> wow, holy crap. <laughs> huh. he, he's just like, oh, a cook and your manager? Yeah, he sounds, he sounds pretty cool. I mean, it's not every day you meet someone who can, like, both help you manage shit and, uh, you know, manage all your assassination stuff. And, like, cook. I mean, usually it's, like, three separate people. Well, I mean, there's other people. And, like, the furry one I told you about, like, she's really nice. And she helps me when I cry, like, last night. That was bad. Oh. Well. You know, you, you, seem, you seem like the type of guy who, you know, would cry for a reason. Oh, yeah, there was a reason. Can't really remember what it was now, but I'll think of it. And he's just, like, you know, he's probably jogging along with you since you're a little bit faster. And, uh, yeah. he's, he just kind of makes small talk as you guys, uh, go up to the entertainment district. You know, it takes you about an hour, and, uh, you find a little bit more about him. Like, um, he's a guy with a lot of friends, but some of the friends aren't, like, the best to him. So he needs some of those friends eliminated. Okay, I'm... I'm probably just going to blab to him the whole walk back to the entertainment district about, like, like different people I've killed and different animals I've killed, but not, like, in a menacing way, just, like, he yeah. doesn't, Flea, Flea doesn't quite understand the concept of death, almost, so yeah. he's just kind of, like, blabbing about it. Like how people talk about their hobbies, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I went down this yeah. trail the other day when I was hiking. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm just gonna lead him back. Um, I'm not gonna take him right to Taz's house though. I'm gonna just. Did I see where Krakatur was going? Or uh, you not probably really? heard something about finding cloth, or clothing, or robes while uh, you know. Okay. Krakatur was in anguish. <laughs> I'm gonna lead him like in the direction Krakatur was heading. 
past Taz's apartment and then just like stop and sit down in an alley and start working on the birds. So I'm not leading him right to the apartment, but like I could see the apartment from where I'm at. Okay, cool. And tell you about Krakatur and Anguish and Robes and everyone. Uh, Ray and Stu and Krakatur. You guys are walking to this, uh, to this place that does, like, foreign clothing. Um, like, so, right, what, what is it like? Like, what does it look like from the outside? Because, uh, you're probably going north to the Artisan District. It's a nice place. It's one of those, um, really niche places that is, it does... Uh, it's going to sound strange. It does one thing, and that one thing is they make clothes from, or import clothes from everywhere that's not Swordfall. And so they have their layout set like geography, essentially, in their store, where you can try on different clothing of different tribes of different areas, or get to see what the royalty of whatever place would wear or whatever and a little bit of maybe depending on who's working a little bit of trivia about each place that is not swordful cool and uh how often do you go there I've only been in here one time because my armor um was missing a clasp and the clasp that puts my armor together I couldn't find anywhere else I had to come here and get it cool yeah uh you know uh from the outside actually looks you know nice as Ray has described there's actually little planters on the windows and uh even though there's not much growing in there. You, you can tell even what's growing at the moment is well taken care of. Um, there is a nice little ringing bell on the door, and it happily just kind of swings. And you get in there, and it's a shop that's cluttered in a way that doesn't feel claustrophobic, but more cozy. Uh, there are just... The walls are just covered in... Um, shells that has all sorts of bolts of cloth and they are separated by color and region and material it's it's basically a library of cloth that actually doesn't sound like a bad name for a shop Krakatur do you think you can find what you need here Uh, he's kind of looking around kind of like a kid in the candy shop and he says I I think I could find something I like in here. And he's kind of like just looking at all the different fabrics and all the different colors. He wants to try and find one in a nice light blue. And uh, what's Stu's reaction to this just area? You know, Stu is still um, thinking about that food because uh, he eats a lot. And he didn't get to eat all his food. Um, also, he knows, he is aware that he looks a little strange. Um, and that his robes are very tattered and not um, not in the best shape. But he doesn't really want any new robes. So he's kind of trying to um, 
kind of like stand back in the corner and just let everybody do what they need to do but kind of not lose sight of them you know he's kind of daydreaming kind of not really involved um he thinks uh the, the the sort of notion of getting new robes every time something gets a little torn is a little silly so he's uh he's he's trying to not say something to offend Krakatur. and Stu, you're probably the first one to notice this, but a dragonborn comes out from the back of the shop, and uh, she looks, uh, she smiles the best that a dragon face can smile, and she's like, oh, hello, hello, everyone, oh, it's you, the girl, the one with the uh, Belkam armor, yes? Uh, Yes, that is me, it's good to see you again. It's... It's it's good to see you too. It's so lovely to see you. Do do you need more repair? I know those armor smiths. They're <sighs> no, I I don't need any armor repair today. But um, my friend over here, this um, ah, you can see, and I point in in Krakatoa's direction, and I start to browse um what they have on Falcon stuff to see if any of the styles have changed in the last few years and uh she looks her over oh you are a tour hmm? uh he's taken aback by this because someone would actually know this in the city uh i i am the tour for the regen people yes oh they have very, very nice cloth. And uh, she takes your hand, and uh, she is actually quite a bit bigger than you, and quite a bit stronger, and you can feel that, but she gently takes your hand. And kind of pulls you toward a section. Oh, Krakatur plays along. Um, he's a fan of strong women. <laughs> And uh, she's like, mm. so so. which one do you have inside you? Mm, something that fits the traditional style, but also kind of covers up this. And he kind of just showing his scars that are just all over the place. Mm. Oh, you shouldn't be so careless. I mean, it is fine to be a warrior, but if you scar yourself too much, you know... You are not gonna be uh, so happy in like twenty year. Well, if you make it to twenty years, I if you don't say. <laughs> so it's something that uh, goes with you and your. She kind of like sniffs you. Okay. And uh, <laughs> do I see this? Yeah, yeah, this is a small enough shop that you guys are probably seeing this happen. I'm, like, peeking, I'm, like, looking through the racks, but, like, also watching, so. Yeah. So, as a, as a, as a kobold, would I think that there's any significance to a, a dragon kin sniffing someone? <laughs> uh, you know that some types of dragons can actually sniff, uh, if somebody like uses magic or they have some kind of elements mm. with in them or on them so it's, she's basically checking him out in 
more of a personal, like more personal than I think anybody actually realizes. Um, Stu is a little embarrassed and he kind of looks away a little bit, but he still keeps an eye out. You know, it's kind of one of those, I don't want to watch the pornography, but it's on and my face is kind of turned in that direction. <laughs> and uh, she takes a minute after she sm smells you. Mm, air? Uh, yes. Uh, my lineage is of the Air Genasi. Mm, that's what I thought. Well, I have some bolts that would do you very good. Are you looking to have some kind of sleeve made for you, or...? I... Uh... Mayhaps for now, and he takes the robe that's just tattered on him right now, and he just starts ripping it and just starts wrapping it around his arm. Uh, she looks really interested at you tearing at, at your clothing and taking some out. Um, even Ray could tell that this look is. Hmm. Okay, where is this going? I start to move a little bit closer. Just, like, still keeping an eye on the Belkin wear, like, but also keeping an eye on them. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, I, I guess you'll need to replace that robe. I mean, you, you can tear whatever you want off. Oh my god. But, you know, as long as we get you clothed somehow, I think it will be a, an improvement. Well, no. She just kind of looks at you more. But it's whatever the customer wants. And uh, she starts going through bolts of cloth with you. Alright, cool. Um, yeah, we're gonna just kind of hop back to Tabby. Uh, Tabby, you're on top of the roof. You're, you're trying to sleep, right? Um, I, I kind of like rolled and fell. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So one of well, I'm guessing one of the canopies broke some of her fall, but she is probably laying on the street. Um, actually, give me an acrobatics check, and you can do that with actually advantage. Yeah, you land just perfectly. Um, despite falling through the canopy, which probably saved you a little bit of, you know, damage, but you don't, you don't feel like you've taken any damage. You don't feel like anything's hurting. Just the world around you is this com complete mess. You know, colors are like dripping and oozing and just spreading all around all the noise just a little too loud. And then a menacing figure comes up to you. Get out of my way. Um, it doesn't leave and it seems to claw at you. Uh, Tabby starts clawing back. She she's, just takes her paws in a defensive motion. Uh, Wide-eyed panic look crosses her face along with the deranged uh, look that can only be imitated by the completely insane. 
Alright, uh, do you have a claw attack by any chance? Yep. Yeah, roll it. Okay. You, you swipe, and you seem to be swiping at air at first. Get away from me! Get away! Don't touch me! You need to, to leave me alone! She hisses and spits. Her her fur starts to stand on end. Her ears go back in that cat position. Her whiskers lay flat on her face. And she is she's fighting and kicking. Um, and, and now kind of in a prone position, just like a cat would be when it's attacking, but, you know, kind of like rolling on its back and, and kicking and kicking and fighting with its front paws. Uh, more menacing figures come up to you. And they're saying something. It just doesn't make sense. It's all distorted and growling. And you swear one says, I'm gonna eat you. She rolls over to all fours and starts to take off. Running in a random direction. And you notice that the streets are filled with these horrible looking things. Get out of my way, get out of my way, stop, stop attacking, stop it, stop it. And she uh, she just continues running at full force. And something tries to grab at you. Uh, give me a um, either athletics or strength uh, with advantage. Wow. Uh, those are two rules of polar opposites. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so, with that nat 20, um, how do you get away from this shadowy monster thing that's trying to grab at you? I, um maneuver my body like a like a cat does when when you're trying to pick it up but yeah. it doesn't want to be picked up so i kind of maneuver my body and and kick up its body and kick off of its shoulders and just dart so kind of like acrobaticy. and are you gonna try to find somewhere to hide or Yep, any corner that she could find is what she's looking for. She's, she's really not looking for anything. She's just running. It's all she wants to do is just run as far away from the shadowy figures as possible. So she's not exactly paying attention to where she's running. So if she, like, face-planted into something, that would make sense. Yep. Um, give me a... Give me a perception with disadvantage. Okay. Uh, you actually do see uh, some kind of barrier uh, come within your view. You will have enough time to jump over it. Uh, you see other things just coming at you. But what finally does it is there is a ledge that you don't see. It looked perfectly flat. Like, the ground looked perfectly flat. 
but something happens to just make you miss the ground completely and you start just tumbling and tumbling. Okay, she lets out a, a scream, a cry, <coughs> as she falls. Okay, uh, give me one more constitution saving throw. And that's when Tabby blacks out. Stay tuned for the next part of this episode. Please consider listening to these podcasts. A long, long time ago, in a land far away named Phylor, there were four legendary adventurers. We are the Adventurous Four, renowned across the land. Using their cunning and strength, the party defeats many monsters and saves many lives. Nick takes his fairy blade and stabs it into his other eyeball. Oh, oh my god! god! Can, can Hugo jump on my back? Do I cast Expeditious Retreat? Yeah. Uh, can Bob roll a d20 for me? I don't like that. I, I don't like how you ask that. D20 business. What if I rolled a wad? What if I told you I would just roll the wad? Come and join us weekly at How the Quest Was Won. Found anywhere where podcasts are located. Purchase not necessary. No real magic was used in the making of this podcast. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe.